Welcome to Vitality Made Simple. The following production is for educational and entertainment purposes only. If you need medical advice, call your doctor. Now, let's go to Vitality Made Simple. Welcome to Vitality Made Simple, the podcast that equips you to feel better, look better, and to enjoy better relationships. You know, life is all about relationships. And of course, relationships are much easier when you feel good. I'm your host, Dr. Debbie Osmond, and I sincerely thank you for joining me. Now, can you handle one more episode on Nigella Sativa? I have just a few more things that I want to share with you about the research of this amazing natural seed that's made into a natural oil and it's very affordable it's very accessible and it's very safe so you know I'm very committed on Vitality Made Simple to simplifying things I just don't think feeling good should should you know, be so complicated and confusing and expensive. Um, Nigella Sativa is just the gra- greatest thing to talk about in light of that. And that's um, also known as black seed oil or black cumin oil. And uh, it's been used as a natural medicine for millennia. And it, and as I mentioned earlier, it has a wide range of safety. Now, it came on my radar one day when I was researching Fusobacterium nucleatum. You know, that's an oral bacteria that I call the mother-in-law bacteria because it's it's a good bacteria at low levels, but when it overgrows, when it overstays its welcome, it uh, can go to other parts of the body and cause big problems. You know, just like a mother-in-law, I mean, I'm a mother-in-law, uh, if I go and stay too long, then start moving, you know, my son-in-law's stuff around or telling him what to do, uh, then I become a big problem. And that's how Fusobacterium nucleotum is. I'm always researching that because it's so relevant. So, so I was researching it and came upon Nigella sativa as related to Fusobacterium nucleotum and found that, um, it's, it actually reduces it. So uh, I did my own research study. You could say that I sort of donated my body to scientific research because I skipped my cleaning to get my teeth cleaned and um, kind of waited, tested my, my oral DNA for myself to see where my level of uh, oral pathogens were. They weren't crazy high, but they were higher than I wanted them to be. And then I used Nigella Sativa for one month, like on a little brush pick. And I'll talk more about that in a later episode, not related to Nigella Sativa, but just related to, you know, what can be done uh, for for oral health. I have videos on it, but I want to keep talking about it because it's just so important and it's so simple. So that's sort of what started the Nigella Sativa party because after one month of using that uh, on little brush picks, you know, scrubbing my teeth at night with that, the bacteria count came down 22%. Now that's very, very significant because my count wasn't high to begin with. And I have, it's the only, only thing I changed. So that made me a believer. And I want to share some other super important uh, information with you regarding Nigella Sativa and type 2 diabetes. Now back in episode 133, we talked about the benefits uh, for skin, um, with the use of Nigella sativa. And then on episode 134, I looked at the the research regarding cancer. So so both of those were very research-based podcasts, not my opinion. And this one will be the same because I was convinced when I did my own little study that um, Nigella sativa was certainly something worth looking at. 
So what does the scientific literature say about black seed oil as related to blood sugar? Now, it's indisputable that type 2 diabetes is a chronic inflammatory disorder. That's how it does its damage. It causes inflammation of the blood vessels in the body. And there are at least 30,000 miles of blood vessels, you know, big ones, small ones, you know, everything in between. And think about these tiny ones as going to the eyes, going to sexual organs, going to the fingertips, the tips of the toes. It's every single part of the body. And um, that inflammation happens because of increased blood glucose. Now this in turn accelerates, you know, this inflammatory process accelerates atherosclerosis. And that also accelerates memory problems. I mean, it's on and on. Everything affects everything. And um, in fact, I'm starting to see memory problems uh, such as Alzheimer's disease referred to as type 3 diabetes in the literature. This is all very, very important. You can really just start at the head and move on down. Everything affects everything. Now, as I mentioned in previous podcast, uh, thymoquinone is the major bioactive uh, molecule in Nigella sativa. And uh, that's what makes it very, very medicinal. Now, they get the seeds uh, from these pretty little Nigella sativa flowers. And numerous clinical studies have demonstrated the uh, anti-diabetic efficacy of Nigella sativa. Now, of course, there have been lots and lots of animal studies, and I do respect animal studies, but I wanted to find you some human studies also. And it's, they're difficult to find because uh, studies are expensive to conduct. And when something is so inexpensive, such as Nigella sativa, something that people can grow and harvest the seeds, then um, it's unlikely that you'll really find studies uh, on on human subjects. But I did find studies. And most of the human studies looked at the crushed black seed in capsules. But then, you know, moving forward, I wanted to find something that would be very relatable for you listeners and very actionable for all of you. So one study looked at 99 adults who had type 2 diabetes, and they gave black seed oil, which you can find readily. Now, there were three groups in this particular study. There was a placebo group who just got, you know, a fake oil. And then there was a group of people that got one third of a teaspoon of black seed oil, Nigella sativa, which is actually... 1.5 mils um, for our non-U.S. listeners. And then a third group who got a bit of a higher dose, they got three-fifths of a teaspoon, which is three uh, mils. So they did this for just 20 days. And uh, they showed that it significantly lowered hemoglobin A1C. Now, this was pretty shocking to me because hemoglobin A1C is the percentage of hemoglobin that is bound to sugar in the blood. And it's considered to be an average of blood sugar over about three months. They only did this for 20 days. And and those numbers... Um, like a third of a teaspoon, that was about a third of a teaspoon. And um, three-fifths of a teaspoon, that was, you know, about three-fifths of a three-fifths of a teaspoon. I mean, this is a food, basically. So it wasn't, um, it wasn't so precise. And I think that's part of the good news. Now, in mo- so, so think about that. It, you know, it, it, even with 20 days, it changed the three-month average. Very, very impressive. Now, most of the studies that I found, they gave um, the study participants Nigella sativa along with their standard 
oral anti-diabetic drugs. Say if they were taking metformin, they, they took metformin and then they still did a little bit of nigella sativa. And they also found significant reductions in hemoglobin A1C. Now, this is very easy to evaluate for yourself. Um, if you're taking a daily fasting blood sugar, either with a standard glucometer or with the Keto Mojo, uh, like we talked about in um, episode 129 with Dr. Thomas Seafrig, then you can know if this Nigella Sativa oil is, is, moving, is moving the dial. I mean, you can really know. Uh, so where do you start? You start low and go slow. That's always my advice with my patients for anything. You know how you feel. You want to, this is not an area that you want to jump off the high dive. You want to just do a little bit and see what you think. Now, you want to look for black seed oil that is organic, that is cold pressed and comes in a glass bottle if possible. The brand that I'm currently using is from Bionatal and you can order that directly from their website. Um, I have no financial interest in that, but that's just what I chose. Um, now that particular brand, my Bionatal comes in two strings. It, uh, one is labeled up to 1.15% uh, thymoquinone and the, and the stronger version is labeled 4.64% thymoquinone. Again, start with the lowest strength, start low and go slow. Now I'm going to cite, uh, several studies in the show notes that are from the National Library of Medicine, uh, to show you where I got some of my information. There are so many studies, really. Lot, there's there's more human studies than I expected, and there's a ton of, of animal studies where they could really, you know, take these, these rats that were identical in genetics and see what happened to them. They would induce type 2 diabetes and then look at the effects of, of Nigella sativa, black seed oil. So what safety concerns should you know about? Now, there's limited research on long-term use. Uh, this has been used as a culinary spice, probably since, you know, the Garden of Eden. Uh, but one co- potential concern that is that Nigella sativa may interact with medications that are processed through the cytochrome P450 pathway. Um, the cytochrome P450 pathway is something really important to know about if you take any medications, now, because a lot of things can um, compete with that. Now, that would include uh, blood thinners, such as Coumadin, or beta blockers such as low pressor. So, so you know, of course, we always have the disclaimer to ask your doctor and do your own research. I mean, um, you know, check it out for yourself if it helps you a little bit. I think it's great to know. I found that it's good for skin. Uh, we know that it's anti-cancer, um, and, and if it lowers your your A1C, you know, your blood sugar, that's also anti-cancer because like with doc, Dr. Thomas Seafried in that previous episode, um, he, he wrote a, a fascinating book called Cancer as a Metabolic Disease and showed that you know, high blood sugar is very much a piece of the cancer equation. So in closing, please avoid being normal. If you're going to listen to this podcast, don't be thinking you want to be normal because normal is defined as the typical, the usual, the regular pattern. Take a look around. I mean, just go stand in a pharmacy. Just go stand at a big box store. I mean, look around. Is this, is this, this is normal. Is this really what you want to be? Because normal is only defined as what's familiar in a society at a particular time. And I don't think you really have to be from Oklahoma to know that you don't want to be normal. In this light, Consider what normal people are in our world. They're dehydrated, irritated, constipated, frustrated, overscheduled, 
overstimulated, undernourished, underrested, inflamed, and totally stressed out. No, we don't want to be normal. So thank you for joining me for episode 135. This is a Christmas week, and I wish you all a very, very Merry Christmas. I've just been to a big medical conference in Las Vegas, the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine. My voice is sort of gone. They make you walk through the casino to get to the... Um, the conference area and that smoke just sort of grabbed my vocal cords. So, um, but thank you for being patient. And I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful time with your families. You know, relationships is, are what it's all about. And we're going to all learn to just keep, you know, living younger, longer together. This was episode 135. Like there are so many good people in the docket for next year. And um, so please stay tuned. We are now in 114 countries. We picked up a country this week and we're in 3,490 cities. Woohoo. That's all because of you. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for sharing. Please subscribe if you haven't done so. Join me on Instagram, Dr. Debbie Osmond. Join me on Instagram. There's lots of good stuff every day. Thanks for listening. Blessings until next time. <laughs>